Welcome back to the experience, everybody. I am your host, Eric Falgu. And today I have a very special guest with me. Ray Sean Adams is my co-host. He came and hold it down tonight. And my second guest is a very special guy. Um, I've been knowing him for 10 years. My buddy B.B. Tran introduced us. Shout out B.B. Tran. Thank you. Um, I've learned a lot from this guy. He's a hard worker. He's fought for our country. Um, he's an entrepreneur. Just an all-around bad motherfucker. So I'd like to give it up for David Terrio. What's up, man? Thanks for coming, bro. I appreciate you having me. How do you like your voice on that uh, microphone, bro? Uh, you know, it's, uh, it takes some getting used to. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Ray Ray. In the mic. Well. <laughs> I feel like my mic sounds different right now. I don't know. It's so hard to do this, people. Like, um, we were trying to set it up, and uh, David was watching me work and doing uh, several jobs. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot to do. So uh, I hope y'all are enjoying the show. We're really trying to bring y'all um, new experiences each and every episode. So they're not all going to be the same. Hence ADHD. And uh, today, uh, David is going to share his story with us. And uh, I'm just going to kind of let him riff off and tell him who he is and tell him a little about us. About yeah. Hey man. Um, so David Terrio, I'm uh, just another not so special guy. Living in this uh this big big world of ours, um, grew up in Houma, Louisiana, uh, bit of a bit of an outcast, bit of a nerd. Uh, played on the chess team while I was out there. Had about three friends growing up in high school. Um, graduated, came out here to go to UNO. Did my thing, uh, not real well. Joined a fraternity. That was uh, more of a priority than an education. We uh, we had some great times, made some great memories. Dropped out of UNO, went to Iraq for a year, played Army, uh, got back from Iraq, came try to go back to school, went to Delgado, did a little thing for nutrition for a little bit, realized how much work that was going to be, signed another contract. Went to Cuba and played Army for a year. And uh, got back and I realized that I didn't want Uncle Sam writing the script for me anymore. So I started a meal prep business with my my partner, David Shulkins. And we've been been doing that for about the last seven years with a couple couple little ventures here and there. Uh, I can tell you, man, like one of the hardest things for me over the entire period of doing Chomp and my other businesses, uh, actually talking about myself. So this is, this is going to be an, know, an interesting night. Da- David, uh, <laughs> David hates saying talking about who he is, people. Yeah, it seems like you're a modest person, too. Like, you don't... Yeah, he doesn't like... It's not bragging or boasting. Yeah. He just doesn't like to make it seem like, hey, look at me. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, but he is a big deal. Ah, just saying, just but saying. Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it, and you're gonna hear it a couple times tonight. It's like I don't think I'm anybody special. I'm just doing what needs to get done, and trying to take a couple people along the way with me. You know, right? You like, you like my David Goggins, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. Real talk. And why you feel like that? I mean, <clears throat> you know. Well, because he, uh, I met him through my buddy BB, and BB was like working out with me um, at a gym on the West Bank. 
And he was like, hey, man, my boy David's going to come train with us. I mean, but we met before that, or was it right around there? It was, like, BB had made mention of you sometime, and then, like, he got you to, he actually got you to come to the uh, the CrossFit gym, uh, like, once or twice before, and we met, and we kind of, like, kind of vibed off of that, and then it just kind of evolved from there. And um, he started training with us, and um, he would meet me every day after he would drop off all the meals from Chomp, and every week I would ask him, because I think they started off with, like, maybe, like, 90 meals or 100 meals in one week. And then each week it would go up. I was like, bro, how many uh, meals you dropped off? Because he would prep on Sunday and um, deliver the meals on Monday, right? Or did y'all yeah. prep on Saturday yeah, and Sunday? So whenever we started, we were actually doing two deliveries a week. And we would do a Thursday and we would do uh, a Sunday delivery. And, and, and it was just like, you and him cooking. Yeah, it was just yeah, me dude. and him in like his kitchen of this like 600 square foot house. And That's so pretty much like every piece of apparel that we had smelled like whatever was getting cooked for the night, which was all one, one unified smell. Right, right. That, well, not, that, that smoked not. chickens, that smoked chickens. <laughs> so you were a uh, cooking and shirt? Huh? You were like cooking and you doing a apparel line? No, 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 no. It was just like, oh, like oh. the house that we were living <laughs> oh, in, like everything, everything, everything in there was just like oh, okay. one, it, it smelled like kitchen. And it Damn, was, dude. That was so y'all were cooking out of a house first? Mm-hmm. Tight. Yeah, we started out of his house for like, the first six months of operation, and then we just realized. So, hold up, hold it, up, hold up. I'm gonna get back to it. Let me uh, finish the uh, workout store. Yeah, don't, don't tell them everything, bro. <laughs> we got. I got to bring everybody back, guys. ADHD. <laughs> and uh, so we started working out really hard, and he would always like tell me like how many meals they had each week, and it, you know he was always just like a hustler, a go getter. I mean, he'd be sleeping in his car because he went from like train, uh, you know, this client at this gym, train this other client at another gym. And he was working out like two or three times a day. He was just like a beast. Mm. And uh, I mean, I remember when he told me he had like 250 meals and I was like, holy shit, bro, that's a lot. He's like, yeah, we're not doing too bad. But he's like never bragging. He's just like, he always feels like he could do better. Right. And that's the type of person this dude is. And it's like, um, that's why he has this business, businesses now. But I'll let him tell you about the food company, food company. Yeah, man. So with uh, with Chomp, like we realized there was kind of a natural progression. So we were we were actually in the middle of a cook one night and my business partner had this this round uh, glass table that we would put like pretty much all the product on, um, throw a couple towels down. It'd be perfectly fine. Well, one night we're in the middle of prep and it's our first time hitting like 300 meals. And this was early. This was like in the first the first six months. And uh in the middle of the night, we end up going, like, we pulled something that had been cooling for a bit, and then we pulled something from the oven, and we put it on this table, and the table explodes. Mm. Like, well, y'all the, were cooking like on gas? Huh? Y'all were cooking gas, or? No, we were, we were cooking, uh, we were cooking on, I think it was an electric stovetop at the time, but Damn. we had pulled something from the oven, and we put it on this table, and the, the heat and the cool just, like, the table explodes and half of our inventory for the night just Ooh. goes like there's, Damn, there's nothing dude. we could do to save it. it. Like, unless we were just going to lie to people and say, it's like, Oh, don't worry about that. That dog hair or whatever right, right. that's in the food. Holy shit. Um, but luckily and I know you have like six cats and no, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, just one really horribly shedding dog. And, uh, so we lose half the product for the night and was like, okay, the dream's done. It's over. Everybody's going to be mad at us. And luckily we were still operating, I think out of, uh, three gems. So we do deliveries to different gems around the city and we were operating out of just a couple gems and it was still all people that were really close to us. So I just like send out a mass text message cause that's how close everybody was. Right. It was like, Hey, I owe you 
like, can we, can we just go ahead and like do a refund or just run it again next week? And they were, they were super cool with it. But like that, that was like the defining moment. It's like, okay, I don't know what it's called, but we got to find like a kitchen space that's going to work for us. And then like we start the search and then we got into our first, uh, our first shared space after that, which was, uh, I remember that dude. Yeah, as a commissary kitchen uptown. I, I like grew with this dude like his first year or and a half, two years like of his business. You know, it's oh. pretty cool. Like you know, like watching him just keep moving up, 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 up. That's dope as fuck, man. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> and that's it, dope. like the whole the whole thing is a blur, and it's like you know my. My business partner and I started out as like absolute best friends. And then we like, we, you know, we had our nights that were, we were at each other's throats and you know, there's days where it's like, we couldn't look at each other because the nights had gotten so long and stuff like that. But like at the end of the day, man, like I, you know, I am truly thankful that he came along this journey with me because this wasn't something that I was going to be able to do by myself. Right. And it's like, yeah. this is, this was kind of the defining moment in my life where I was just like, we have to do something or we're just going to be a slave to, you know, the, the normal work machine for as long as it's going to have a grip on us. Like we're going to, we're going to die and not have made an impact in this world. And this, that's it. So this this was a moment like we were at, um, uh, the bulldog, uh, in mid city and like we're just hashing out names and like chomp came out of nowhere we were uh we were just working it out i'm like i want the name to be an acronym and for no reason for absolutely no reason so what a lot of people actually don't know is chomp stands for uh custom healthy online meal prep Mm, so like that's that's where it came from and actually like whenever we started the o had zero meaning because we were just doing everything like word of mouth and like talking to people in the gym so it was just like chmp and then the o was just a mouth it's like okay it's it's just got to be something this works for the name we're gonna be like champ nola champ nola it's like oh yeah monkeys that's that's gonna do it (laughs) that's gonna get people to buy buy food (laughs) you're like one of the best like marketing media people like the way he networks dude is is 100 percent Savage. And that's dope as fuck because, you know, I, I'm the same way. I like yeah, I know. shit inside of shit, almost like an oxymoron. Yeah, like, yeah. That's just that's dope as fuck. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, honestly, man, like we took we took the idea and right around that time I had uh, I had met my girlfriend, Kelsey Scott, and she uh, she owns uh, Scotty Art and she was like upstart business at the right, time. Right, too. right. And uh, she I mean, she knocked it out of the park. You know, she put yeah, the design beast, together. Dude. Yeah, she's yeah, she awesome. put the design together. She gave us an identity. She gave us a brand, and like she's done a ton for like the companies that I put together since. She's helped you create your vision visions. Yeah, man. It's like because I'm I'm everybody. Like of she it. did all the digital art and whatnot. Yeah, dude, that's badass. Because I love the I love the logo. I always have. Yeah, I'm good with throwing stuff out there and just like, okay, I need you to make this stick. Right. Because well, I'm not. Because I'm gonna just come up with another idea, and it's like, okay, well, right. I, did, I need you to keep up. No, it's definitely <laughs> sticking, bro. It's sticking. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so David also is into fitness big time, clearly. And um, he trains a lot of people, so. Yeah, so yeah. honestly, Chomp started because I was coaching at a CrossFit gym in uh, the Elmwood area at the time. And um, I was just kind of posting on social media and my clients were just saying, it's like, man, I wish somebody would, you know, I wish somebody would cook for me like that. And it would kind of be joking and it would kind of be in passing and stuff like that. And so one day, uh, the, my boss, the owner of the gym walks up and is like, Hey, how about you just start 
providing meals for members of the gym. We'll give you a space to be able to do it. We have uh, we have some cooler space and stuff like that that you can <laughs> do. Didn't ask for anything. Just said, "Hey, run with it." Um, and he's like, "You know, I'm gonna help you along the way." Da 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 da. Well, he helped me by introducing me to an audience at least. So um, right, right, so right. Whenever it was gonna start, I was like, "Oh, I got this." You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna just do this by myself. And I realized I was like, "That's a bad idea." It's like I have. Um, I have David, who is like my best friend, and he was uh, my section chief in the army. Right. And he actually had like you know a decade of experience cooking in like high end restaurants in New mm. Orleans at the time. So I'm like, damn, that's that's that's, that's a no brainer. That's like, perfect. Right. I can do paperwork. He can do that, and then we're gonna make the like this is a match made in heaven. Well, it worked. You know, oh, it's dude. like it, we put we put out a product, and we went for. Uh, gourmet, healthy meal prep. I was just about of, to say that. Like a bit of a New Orleans flair yeah. to it, you know? It's very gourmet, bro. I was going to tell you that. That's Yeah, the, the whole yeah, I'm going to have to get some. Oh, dude. It's like, it doesn't... Got a discount code it for does you. Not, it doesn't <laughs> look like It doesn't look like meal prep food at all. It just looks like a, a restaurant. Like, real talk. Yeah, it's, I think one of the, the best ways it was ever described And the to names are clever, too. The names for all the meals, fucking super... Both of y'all have a... Like very similar, like how he does his packaging and stuff, and like all his shirts and like what it means. Y'all both have very like unique skill sets on that. Both good at marketing. Yeah, man. I need to look up at the end of this because uh, <laughs> I keep seeing this coast over here. I'm like, what's that? Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, bro. He's a uh, savage, savage, clever breed. Trying, man. Trying. Clever, clever. Almost the same way, man. So I can understand like how you feel in those moments, like uh, when you say the fucking table breaks and it's just like. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? Because, I mean, I do, like, plates for tacos, too. And mm -hmm. I've had some shit happen to me like that. And I had to call. And everybody was cool, I guess, because, you know, they know you. But I can I can. Ray, Ray does feel. Taco Tuesday, bro. They fire. And, dude, the way he all his packaging, mm -hmm. he's got his, like, little cheese in, like, a little container. He's got, like, a sauce in a container. It's, like, the perfect, like, amount of tacos, perfect amount of rice. It's, it's fine. And it's not like regular rice. It's like black bean rice. It's, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. like those extra steps. Mm -hmm. It seems like y'all both took the same extra steps. Yeah, and, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I like the way people feel when, you know, they eat your food. Like, I'm always, I'm not worried about money or anything, but it's just like, damn, how did it taste? Like, yeah. I aggravate the shit out to you. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, dude, me alone. dude, when I got his shirt in the mail, it was like, I, it was like in a gold package. And I was like, dude, this is the shit. Like. That shit just made me smile. I had like a bunch of like little gifts in there. I was like, damn, bro, that's just thoughtful. So yeah, <laughs> you know man, it's dope so, for you to have a partner like that, man. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, for him to have that, you know, already, and you, yeah, that's that's, that's yeah, dope. I mean, so and and we'll kind of get into more of this as it goes, but it's like maybe just text me. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, we'll get into more of this later on, but like one of the things, so so I. And again, I'll go back on this. It's like, you're going to hear me say, it's like, you know, I'm nobody special. I didn't grow up with any like special talents, anything like that. But like one of the things that I found that I was decent at in life is like taking people and letting them understand that they have something going on. And so mm -hmm. with my partner, like at the time he was driving limos and I'm like, dude, you're wasting your talent doing this. It's like, there's, there's more out there for you to do. It's like, you want to do something culinary. It's like, we need to, we need to get you going in this. Right. It's like, so take a chance with me. Right. And I mean, you know, for the first couple months, you might have like cursed at me a couple times. It's like, why am I doing this? Da, da, da. And it's like, but, you know, we, we got here. Right. Yeah. You said he, uh, he, you said he like whined a little bit here and there. Nah, yeah. he, he, he didn't want, like, it was, it was validated. Like, we, we 
had some uh, some sketchy nights and uh, oh yeah, we dude. didn't know if we were actually gonna make it whenever we first started out. But like after the first year rolled by and we got uh, we got into the commissary space, so we knew it's like okay, we're on to something. Yeah, it's like I remember when you were like looking for an employee to help you. I was like, yeah, dude, I gotta get somebody to help us funk, uh, cook. I was like, damn. Yeah, and that was at like phew, it was up there at the meals. I was like, damn, dude. Yeah. yeah, man, and you you had a job at the time, like yeah. You so I was coaching uh, full time, like six days a week, probably somewhere around twenty to thirty hours during the week. Mm-hmm. And then we were doing two of the prep nights a week, and then eventually we just said it's like okay, we got to go down to one day because he had a full time job too. We were both still in the army at the time, like so every like one weekend a month we were having to like our our prep time was on the weekend. And so, like, one week in a month, we'd have to go to drill and then, like, get back from drill at, like, 5, 6 o'clock in the evening. And then we would have to go and prep. So Yeah, dude, you were, you were grinding, bro. Yeah. yeah. I'd coach at 5 o'clock in the morning on a Monday, and I'd have finished delivery at, like, 4.15, go catch, like, a 15-minute nap in, like, one of the coaches' rooms, and then get ready to coach and have to be, like, on, you know? Like, no have sleep. to be And, and then meet me on Monday to morning people. to go train <laughs> with me on the West Bank. So we go, yeah, dude. And, like, I'd, like, just woken up. I'm, like, all fresh and shit from Sunday. This dude's done, like, fucking, I don't even think he slept for, like, 20 minutes. Right, most most of the time, yeah. yeah it's like, bro. luckily they had like a futon in the coach's room, so I'd go catch a couple minutes of sleep, yeah. and then and then work out like a like a bad motherfucker, that's, and that's, then go back and train somebody. Like you know, that's, that's all day. motivational shit. Oh yeah, bro. You feel like what the fuck am I doing? Like Dude, he, he <laughs> to was be like, fair, I was also young at the time. You know, we started this and I was like twenty, I was twenty six, twenty seven, something like that. We're going on year seven of operation now. Yeah, dude, so you were like you were like the David Goggins before he came out, bro. Like I was just like this dude's like I've never met somebody that's like that, you know, just like crazy about everything. Like you just you know you don't stop. Like when you told me you had a day off, now I was like, whoa, shit. So, so it's this interesting thing, man. And like we're I'll get into a little bit of a, a backstory that I don't I don't really share with a lot of people. So, uh. Growing up and like early in my early in my college or I guess late in my college time, but like I was around twenty one and uh I had gotten into I'd gotten into playing poker and uh I did pretty well with it. Uh played for played for a couple years and then I kinda went on this like this miserable one? spiral. You need one? And uh it kinda like consumed my life. Oh no, I'm good. This one's still right, like cool. about half. Uh I went on this like miserable spiral and I think uh being like we were about eight months from our Iraq deployment, but we didn't know about it yet. Right. Um, and so I was in a bad way, pretty much lost everything I had, put myself in a couple grand of debt. You were chasing that money. Yeah. And uh dude, I uh, I almost uh almost killed myself one night after after a night, like just a bad night. I'd lost like twenty five hundred dollars in one night that I just didn't have. Like maxed out credit cards with like cash advances and stuff like that. And you were gambling every day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember having this very, very in-depth conversation with my sister one night and just saying, it's like, Hey, it's like, I got some real, some real dark thoughts going on in my head right now. It's like, I need to, I need to be talked off the ledge. And she, she had this conversation with me. It's like, Hey, I think, uh, I think you're going to need to seek help. And so like my just, it's like, I don't, I don't have an ego, but I have a little bit of an ego and I'm like, no, no, I, I, I don't need to seek help. And then, like, for some reason, I was able to, like, cut it cold turkey the first time. So this, this, this gets okay. a little deeper. Okay, okay. Um, I'm listening. And it was, like, 
maybe two weeks later, we got the announcement. It's like, hey guys, we're getting we're getting deployed. Right. Um, and so that happens. Uh, we get the opportunity to start working at uh, Jackson Barracks at the time. So I get this full time job. I'm like, okay, cool. This is helping me make up some of my money. Uh, and I get a job like a month after that bartending. And so I'm making extra money on top of that. Like, but mine's still not in the right place. Still kind of recovering from all that stuff. Where were you and, living again? Huh? Where were we all living? Um, before the deployment, I'd actually, um, I was living in an apartment by myself. Oh, so you were living in New Orleans. Yeah, okay. I was living, I was living, um, in, um, where was it at the time? I think I was on like Jeff Highway and like one of the Mark Twain Okay, apartments. okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So you were living here? Yeah, All I was right, living, cool. I was living out here and, uh. Where you was a uh, bartending at? I was bartending at a place that doesn't exist anymore. It was, uh, <laughs> the Forum in, uh, in Fat City. Oh, no shit, yeah, dude. Yeah. Fat City's like changing like a. Yeah. And, uh, doing that, going into the barracks, uh, so like I would roll in finished bartending at like maybe two o'clock in the morning some nights. And right. then I'd roll into the barracks at like six o'clock in the morning or earlier if we had PT or something like that. And, uh, so we got in, we got into that deployment, deployment, put some cash in my money, in my pocket. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go back to school and I go back to school and then something hits. Like I got all this cash on me. I'm like, Oh, you know what? I could probably, I could probably go back to gambling. And, uh, same like dark cycle comes again, man. I go, I blow everything. And it's like, Man, I've I've become a failure. Like, did you I, blow it faster the second time? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like happened. I was actually a professional failure at that point. I right, guess you could say. Right. And uh, like you were so, gambling every day, or this was like a uh, one-time thing. No, I was gambling um probably like three or four times a week. Right. And uh, like I got back, I was doing well. I thought my luck had changed around. Da da da. And fast forward, and it 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 wasn't. So like, what, you, were, you, what were you seeking? Huh? Like, what were you seeking uh, in gambling? So, I, you know, I had some steady relationships at the time. That I, I, I can honestly say, like, I think there's just, like, in everybody. It's like there's one void that you never know quite how to fill. So I, I have, like, a bit of an addictive personality. And I didn't know what needed to go in that space. That's why, like, whenever you met me, like, I was so into fitness is because it's like, right. okay, this is correct. This correct. is helping. This makes me feel good. But like, we were spending like three hours at the gym a day. Something right, like that. Right. Like, and I like, and I also was as addicted because I was trying to stay on a straight and narrow, you know. Right. Because I like the party. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, I would spend I would spend like eighteen to twenty four hour blocks in the casino, uh, just. Because like, you know, I was, I was just was, riding the lightning and I was trying to, I was trying, trying to, to stay away from the casino something. And, uh, I don't know what it was. Like I had, I had like decent relationships at the time. I had, you know, I had good people in my life. Like my friends, my friend group was strong. It was just, there was, there was just something missing. Were, were and, you depressed? Uh, uh so that's actually a funny story. Actually. Uh, so my mom suffers from bipolar disorder and okay. at the time, because I was going through this array of emotions, I went to. Uh, I went to a doctor and I'm like, Hey, I want to get, I want to get tested for this. And we kind of went through, uh, we kind of went through some of the series of testing and he's like, no, I don't think, um, that you have bipolar disorder. I think you're just depressed. And I'm like, well, you know, army sergeant in me is just like, nah, I can't be depressed. I'm going right, to right. work my way through that shit. Now with my pride. Um, yeah. Right. And so kind of sort of managed to like work my way through that 
cold turkey but obviously i didn't realize at the time i was like i'm still filling this void with this right. thing right you were uh, substituting for gambling yeah and so i get to i get to this point and i'm just like fuck man i lost it all again i did this to myself again and i mean honestly like i had this uh this glock 43 that i use for like a concealed carry and i'm like i could put that in my mouth and be done with it and i'm like you know what let's just wait one more day right and we got a notice for uh, the next day I woke up and we got a notice for a voluntary uh, deployment to Cuba. And I'm like, wow. all right, let's let's make that the goal. We're going to we're going to make it to this. And it's still like six, seven months out until we had to go. It's like, let's make that the goal. And let's see if we can just get ourselves back to right until then. And whenever I got the notice, they gave me a letter Um I was living in another apartment by myself at the time, and I gave them this letter of deployment. I actually, um, it basically severed my contract, and I moved in with my, my now business partner. And uh, so like you basically gave it to <clears throat> to where like uh, you didn't want to go back. Yeah, so it's like it canceled this contract I was in. I think I was in like month two of like a seventh month, uh, seven month contract. Oh, wow. And so I was like, okay, I need to, I need to be able to save as much money as possible. I can't be paying any bills. I'm in like a couple grand debt again. It's like, you know, same vicious story, same vicious cycle. You did that because you wanted to get out? I did it because I needed to be able to save money somewhere. And so oh, okay. I, I moved in with him. I cut gambling, cold turkey, and, uh, well, there needed to be something to fill the void. So my, my business partner was a little bit of a, little bit of a partier. And so he'd wanted to go out. He wanted to, he wanted to do stuff. And I'm like, look, man, I can't afford to do anything. Right. right. So <laughs> we came up with an arrangement. It's like he would handle like the drinks and stuff like that whenever we'd go out. And I would, I would talk to the girls. Um, there you go. And there you go, wingman. I, I was like the, the, the wrangler, I guess is what <laughs> right. you could call it. Um, and it worked. It was it was a, it was a <laughs> great business. The pit bull. <laughs> it was a great business arrangement, and you know I made it into the second deployment. I get back from the second deployment. I'm like, okay, we got two options. So we can fall back into the same trap, or we can do something about this. And it was it was the the conversation I had with myself is like, well, I don't want to be poor. I just, I'm just tired of being poor. I know what it feels like. Like this has been like this vicious cycle in my life. It's like I'm done being poor. It's like, okay, how do we not be poor? And then this opportunity, like I was coaching at the CrossFit gym at the time, my my boss comes up to me and he's just like, hey, why don't you do this? I'm like, sure. I never even thought about starting a business. I didn't know I was like, like in my position in life. I didn't know I was allowed to be able to be like a business owner, but I'm like, let's give it a shot. Right. And uh, that's kind of the start of, of that journey and like my journey into entrepreneurship. And like, it was all out of, I guess you could say it's all out of desperation, you know, right, it's right. like, I wanted to, I knew I wanted to be here. I knew I wanted to have a future. I knew I wanted to stop looking at life. Like I wasn't <clears> going to make it to 30. And I knew that nobody else could do it for me, but me with the assistance of other people. But it's like, right, if, right. I, if you, I didn't make the decision to do something better for myself, like I, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. You right. got it. You're going to have help along the way, but ultimately you do it on your own, but you do have help. Yeah, right. It. it took me a long time to understand that. Cause I was like, no, no, I'm gonna do it by myself. Yeah, yeah you, I got you this. Still kind of feel that way. Oh yeah, you know yeah, you saying? do. But yeah. like, that's why you know, like everybody's here. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like I just can't do this alone. You know, like right. I need you. I need you. I need you. Like you know what I mean? Like I need 
everybody. So, um, but I always had that same fight or flight. Like, no, I'm gonna handle all this. I'm, a, um, I'm, you know, I take care of myself. But I mean, that got me where it got me. But you know yeah, I mean? that's rightfully so because I feel like you're supposed <clears throat> to keep that same mentality, whether nobody's helping you, or, you know. Right. You just gotta Correct. keep going and like. He said when the coach came to him, it's like that opportunity just presented itself. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's so right, it's just like if you got to keep going. Yeah, yeah, dude. One of my one of my absolute favorite saying is uh, nobody's coming to save you. Be prepared to self like self survive, self self resurrect, self whatever you got to do. Like you're, yes. you're you're the only one that's going to get yourself yes. out of the hole if you're stuck there. And there's there's layers to it because like being able to take care of yourself being able to lean on yourself also means being able to be strong enough to like ask for help from people it's yes, like correct it's yes. like yeah nobody's coming to save you because they don't know the battles that you're going through they don't know that you're going through these struggles no. if you're not bringing them into the fold and you're telling them like hey like reaching out to my sister was like one of the most impactful things i could do yes. to be here because if i would just went home that night i don't know that i'd be right. here yes. like having this conversation today you know Correct. because Correct. you probably thought she wouldn't have gave a fuck you know if had you not she, would, she just wouldn't have known yeah, because exactly, like i was but. i was so good at just like like wearing it like eating my emotions and like just taking whatever i had to do and dealing with it but it wasn't it wasn't healthy it wasn't positive it wasn't mm -mm. it wasn't doing me any justice because who knows, I might not have even got that far down the rabbit hole had I talked about the issues that I was having before it was like right, too far right, gone. Right. Well, I think everything has to happen for a reason because uh, it made you who you are. You know what I mean? Yes. Like yeah. without, who knows, you might have just went back to gambling even more. Like, you know, you might have went to figure some shit out on your own. Like, you know what I mean? Like you might have, like you hit rock bottom. But if you would have like figured it out before you hit this, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah. I get it, man. And like. It's the strangest thing. It's like I hit rock bottom twice and it like back then I couldn't like, you know, the, the cliche It's like, oh, man, you, you won't be able to look at yourself in the mirror. It's like, nah, like I would avoid mirrors because it's like I didn't want to see who that individual was on the other side. And today I think that is the most awesome experience I've ever been through. And it sounds it sounds interesting. No, like, no, dude, I get I've, it. I've I get had, it. I've I'm had, happy it happened to me. Like yeah. with my time in the military, like I've had a chance to talk to guys who were just on on the ledge. And uh, I think being in that position and or having been in that position and getting a chance to talk to them has had an impact, or at least I'd like to think so, because some of these guys I've had conversations with are still here today. And it's just because it's like I was able to level with them. It's like no bullshit. It's like no no saying it's like, oh, it's gonna be all right. It's like, <clears throat> no, it's it's gonna suck and you're gonna have to go through hell and you're gonna have to fight to be here and you're gonna have to want to be here and you're gonna have to understand that even though it hurts, like there are people that think you matter. There are people that are gonna want you to be here, no matter like what level of like fog that you have to fight through to get to that point. It's like you matter, but you only matter if you earn like that that place, man. Like it it it's this it's this crazy sensation. It's like you have to you have to prove it to yourself, even in like your darkest moment, that you deserve to be here. And that's the hardest thing. It's like you don't you don't have that that mental capacity. Like you don't necessarily have that that anchor that you need to be able to do that. But I think that you know, even in that darkest moment, everybody has that potential to say, it's like, no, 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 let me try one more day. Let me try one more time. 
let me just give this one more effort. And if you can do that one thing, like it's, it will literally save and change your life. You know, I, uh, I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm actually talking tearing up a little bit. Yeah, okay, I'm, okay, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm tearing up a little bit. Sorry. Mike. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't stress that enough, man. It's like, like just, just take that, that one more day, that one more moment, that one more breath, whatever it fucking takes, like make that phone call to that friend that you know is going to listen for like a second, like just, just do it. Cause your story isn't written until it's, it's done. And like, there's, there's, there's a chance that it's just not done when you think it is, you know, I, uh, I, I, I know I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but like, no, I like it, dude, I'm li- we're listening. Yeah. Hopefully your story can help somebody else with that same thing. You know, like that's why we're here. Like somebody's going to hopefully listen to this. That's going through some shit. And it's going to be like, you know what? This dude, David, like figured it out. Like I can do this. It's helping me right now. Yeah. You yeah know, dude. I mean, fuck you helping me, bro. Yeah. I it, mean, I didn't know that I actually like, cause you know, I went through some, I, I went through the program for, for gambling and, um, I felt like a fucking loser and I felt like all my friends that were like really progressing in life and, you know, starting all these businesses and like just making it, making a name for themselves as I was, I just felt like I lost it all. And I was like, well, Dave is not going to want to talk to me. Baby's not going to want to talk to me. All these people that I like look up to because like we're all chasing, we all have that same hungry mentality, that same like addictive personality. And so like, that's crazy. Like that you're telling me that, man. So, uh, you know, yeah, man. Yeah, Do y'all thank think you, it's bro. like, uh, is it embarrassment that we won't reach out to others and seek help? Like, you know what I'm saying? Or just tell them what we're going it's, through. It's, it's, you know, it's, I think it's, it's a little bit of everything. It's like pride and ego and, you yeah. know, you're scared. You know, it's one of those things that like. You don't want to be a burden. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And I'm not going to say it's harder, but I'm just going to say it's it's hard, you know, being a male in today's society and trying to be able to get to a point where you can express like your feelings, like right. it's like you know, I don't, I don't think I'm a soft individual, but like I've gotten to a point now where I know that it's necessary to talk about how you feel at least occasionally, and right. have like have one or two people that you can just like let that burden go on that are not gonna judge, and like you could be like in front of them and be raw and just let that go because it's 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 tough. Right. It's tough to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> like, Bro, I love you know? therapy. I fucking love therapy. If I can go to therapy every day, I would. It changed my life. I didn't go to therapy till I was 30. And I wish I'd have went when I was like seven. That's a maybe, strong maybe. move, man. Hey, bro. I mean, I needed it. I didn't want to go either because I felt like everybody was going to judge me and because that's the stigma. Oh, you're going to therapy? Something's wrong with this motherfucker. You know, oh, your kids are in therapy? Something's wrong with them. But, you know, a lot of shit's... Uh, stems from childhood and like child trauma and it goes it follows you as an adult so when people don't get therapy like those little kids that need it more than you think um they grow up to be these you know 30 40 20 year old kids that start doing crazy shit because they're depressed and that's what leads to addiction and you know suicide and things like that i mean that's that's what i've learned i mean it's it's real it's like you know and Again, man, I I've talked to I've only talked to like a handful of people about this in general, but like I I well, really thank you for sharing it with us, bro. Yeah, it's and it's it's because I think you know as I get it, I'm getting older, it's it's easier to have the discussion in general because 
people need to hear that it's okay. It's like, look, you can be tough and you can be vulnerable at the same time. Right. Like you can, you can talk to people and like, you don't need to be able to talk to everybody about it because not everybody needs that story. And not everybody needs to be able to see that level of you. Right. Like you don't need to peel back the curtain for everyone, right. but you should still have people that you are comfortable with having this conversation with because one, you need it. And two, you don't know how much that person might need to hear the same story right? because we're all like, everybody's going through something. And in the program, we call it the medicine. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was finna say. It, it makes you feel better when you yeah. speak to other people because it lets yeah. you know you're not, other people are going through the same shit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, like, they, like, like there is no pill to take for a uh, compulsive gambling. Really? You can't like, it's not like a uh, synthetic, like drug, like heroin and things like that. Like opioids, like with gambling, it's uh it's in your brain. So, Whenever that like light goes off and you hit like a switch and you fucking want a thousand dollars, it's like there's sensors in your brain that automatically hook you. And like um, it's it's the will like he had the will to keep going. So that's what happened. So and I, I don't kind of forget what I was about to say. I don't I don't think that like people have the conversation in the, um, the right way. And so what most people don't even know how to have the conversation. So the, the main thing, uh, and this is what I found, and I mean, I'm sure there's studies that say otherwise or whatnot, and I don't, I don't really care. Um, the main thing that I found about dealing with addiction is that you're, it's never going to go away. It's just going to manifest itself in different forms, different shapes, different, like you're going to just take it into different realms. Right. And so, like I said, I managed to put it in the fitness. And Correct. then Correct. whenever we... You just traded whenever your addiction we, for another addiction, a healthy addiction. Yeah, whenever we started the business, like, it became a work addiction. Like, I mean... I mean, you, you've heard me talk. Like, oh, dude, I, I've I, watched you come from work straight to the gym. Yeah, I, like, I, will, I couldn't believe it. I will work every day. Yep. Like, yep. no no questions asked. It's like, I do work every day. Correct. And it's Even like, on your off day. And, you know, it's, it's also become its own type of unhealthy. But it's something that... Uh, you know, I can, it, I can manage now and I don't have like, there's no negative connotation with me. And so it's like, if you can find that, that outlet to put it in, because I don't think, I don't think people ever truly stop being addicts. They just, they just find some other way for that to manifest. And it's like, find something that is going to be relatively positive and put A that in. Positive energy addiction. Well, yeah. Well, that's, that's what, what like, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's what, uh, my gym. wife. Yeah, that, yeah, the gym. I mean, anything. I mean, he Work, was literally. You know what I'm saying? And it also said, like, you know, when he said, I don't want to be fucking Uncle Sam's bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's positive addiction. So mm -hmm. Self-made. Well, I mean, yep. usually uh, the most successful people are addicts. Uh, well, most addicts, once they get sober, that's what I meant to say, correction, uh, <laughs> they become very successful. Um just like with, like with this podcast, you know, like sometimes my wife says, man, I feel like you're starting to like become like addicted because she's seen my patterns, you know, she grew up, you know, lived with me. And um, I was like, I am, but it's like, it's healthy, you know, because I'm sticking to the gym. I'm, you know, I'm sticking to my career. I'm cutting yes. as much hair as I can. And I, if I want this podcast to one day be successful, like with my hair career or even with my gambling career, short lived nine months, um, I have to give it all I got. I mean, when I was gambling, I was going to, 12 hours a day and uh, I would work at the salon and then I would treat, I would have different places I would go. I would have it all calculated, all set up how much money I was bringing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like, I go to that realm. So like when I look up to David with how he is with like his business and how he runs and I was like, man, I'm I just, I'm not that smart to do stuff like that, but I, I'm, I'm like the hard, like he's just as hard working as me. So I only got that part and I feel like he's got more of the, 
I don't know the marketing strategy part, but I guess when you think about it, I did kind of like do that too, just with gambling. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So he traded his gambling for like his marketing strategies. And I mean, dude, he's so fucking smart with it. Discipline. And it all leads oh, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. it all leads up like, you know, it oh, all yeah, leads dude. up. Yeah, I mean, and that's it, man. It's like, you know. Sorry, I, I rambled really hard. No, that's, <laughs> dude, yeah. look, it's, I don't have a background in this. I, like, it. In, in what? In in business. Like, the, the, <laughs> thing, know, the thing people don't tell you, you about. dropped out of school. You told y'all that? The thing people don't, uh, twice. I dropped twice, out of two twice, different twice. colleges. Yes. The thing people don't tell you about business is, like, it's it's kind of your rules to make. Like, there's some parameters that you have to follow. There are some Correct. things that you absolutely have to do unless you just want to want to deal with the government and right. nobody wants to do that right. um you but wanna, like you don't want to be wesley snipes out, outside of that it's like just be as creative as you want to be like be okay with failing be okay with listening because you're gonna have to listen to whoever your audience is to see what they want and then be okay with adapting from that like don't be so bullheaded that it's like okay this is my idea this is what i'm gonna stick with this is what's gonna make me my million dollars and then end up poor like if yeah. you're not if you're not catering to your audience in some type of way, you're gonna lose. If you're not willing to be flexible, you're gonna lose. Now don't be so flexible that you just bend and break, and right. then like you're miserable in the thing that you're doing because this is supposed to be, to some extent, your passion. This is supposed yes. to be the thing that you want to be doing because people talk about getting into business and it's like, okay, I'm going to leave my nine to five and I'm going to go be an entrepreneur and I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go work my own hours and I'm going to make a million dollars. It's like, yep. no, you're going to go from a nine to five working 40 hours a week to working anywhere from 80 to a hundred hours a week, All making day, probably day. half the money that you were making at first. And you're going to have to be okay with doing that. Yes. You're going to have to be okay with eating shit. You're going to have to be okay with being somebody or some bodies bitch for a little while and that's okay because you have to figure out the process that makes you work you have to build a product that people are going to want and eventually whenever you work and you claw and you just fight you're going to get to a position where you can start turning down customers you're going to get to a position where it's like you know what i appreciate your opinion but i'm going to go in this direction anyway because this is what is actually working for me this is time tested i put the like i have the research that says that this works and you're going to get there but if you can't deal with some level of rejection or you can't deal with the fact that like you're going to have to like fight some of your gut instincts and that you're going to have to be okay with people still telling you no, even though this is this thing that you put your blood, sweat and tears in, stick to the nine to five. It's like, cause there is something very respectable about somebody that knows it's like, I don't have what it takes to go through the entrepreneur route too. It's like there are people, there are very successful people that work a nine to five. And like whenever you get into that whole entrepreneur, like dream conversation, we neglect to have that conversation too. It's like those people are still out there. They're killing it. They're living very happy lives. Just do what makes you happy. If you can go and do that and you're happy with that, do that. If you need to go through the adversity and make your own thing because you have something to prove to yourself because you have that addictive personality, go do that. But don't let anybody else like write your narrative, right? Because right. you're never going to be happy if you're just doing it because, you know, society told you should do it this one way, or you know, your friends are doing it this way, and you're supposed to do it this way. No, I, I love how like I'd be cutting your hair sometimes, and you'd be like, yeah, we're, uh, and you know, the next like one to ten months, uh, we're gonna do this, and a year or two, we're gonna have this. By year five, like you, you were like always like five years ahead. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's how I kind of think. I'm just, I just kind of 
say this is what I want. And what, what you have to realize too is like, there's going to be a ton of things that you want whenever you're, whenever you're putting this together and you're writing your own script. Right. And then you have to realize at some point that you don't want all of that. So it's, it's about kind of like whittling away and saying, okay, this is actually what I'm going to put my time and energy into. The rest of this is just going to have to go because you'll drive yourself crazy. It's like you, if you're not giving yourself these small measurable successes, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to feel like a failure and that's going to make you a failure. Like even if you're winning, but you're not winning at the rate that you want to win, you're going to feel like a failure and you're going to give up. Like that's, that's what breaks people is that they're, they're giving themselves too many different things to measure themselves against instead of just saying, it's like, okay, I need to go one inch at a time, not one mile. That's what I'm doing with this podcast, bro. I'm all in. I like it. I like it. That's what I tell Eric though too. The same thing is like, you just got to keep. Yeah, dude. I mean, like just just how we started. I mean, like you know, it's a we're still working out the details and the technical difficulties and um, but it, I mean, it's like a <clears throat> it's a self made podcast and uh, you know, there is no like real rule book on this. You know, Joe Rogan's always telling people it's easy, but hopefully one day he'll like give me some of the like rule book tricks or whatever because uh, it's not easy. Um, but I'm falling in love with it, the process, and uh, it it's like uh, I don't know, man. It's like watching you develop all your companies it's like okay i'm gonna put all my time and effort into this because david's successful with his companies and that's what it's gonna take so that's what i'm trying to do bro but yeah like that's what i said um and it was like uh the feeling that well the reason i started feeling that same way you were talking about like just driving like them i had uh i got laid off from uh i was working uh doing inspection with this company called cayman and uh, man, I was just going through it with him. Like, I don't, I don't want to say racist, but you know, it was just some favoritism mm-hmm. in certain ways. But I just remember getting laid off, and I come one night and got high, like for the first time, because I couldn't smoke and then used to do hair tests. So, and I'm, I get paranoid as fuck. I'm like, oh shit, I'm about to die, I'm about to <laughs> die. <laughs> I'm like, I'm about to die, I'm about to die, and I'm like, oh man, is this what? this shit is set up for like we go to work for these people i couldn't like smoke marijuana do what the fuck i wanted to i had to be at this job at a certain time and you could die like that at an instant and i'm gonna just go here while you know like uh i'm at work my kids getting older i'm not able to make it to certain things you know uh He's sneaking out the window. He didn't got a girl pregnant. I'm still at work now. We got another baby here. Like, you know what I'm saying? That that whole mentality, I just went through that in that one instant. And I was just like, fuck this. Like, this is not my life. <laughs> like, this is not my fucking life. So I, I just that feeling, man, like that, this is not my life. Like, nine yeah, to bro. five. Yeah, bro. And especially for somebody who got to tell you, you know, tell you what to do. Like, fuck that. Like, I don't want to live that life. I don't. I don't I don't feel like anybody should want to live that life, man. No, Just, dude, it's mm-hmm. rough. It's rough. Um y'all want y'all want to take like a little a little quick break, like a little smoke break and a piss break? Uh it's cool. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Whatever, man. I'm riding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I had wrote down something. I was like asking like what made you get that mentality? Like that that Which I knew part? you said the the Uncle Sam. Like what like what 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 epiphany did you get? Oh man, it's uh <laughs> Like that sudden realization, like yeah, it mm. it was this. Uh, 
I, I think just one day I I decided that I was valuable enough to be here. And that's that's what it was. And it's like but I had a long way to go to prove that I had value to myself. And like, I mean, even even up until maybe like three years ago, I was still, you know, still working for somebody else while I was running my companies because I didn't feel like one source of income was enough. Right. And, right. you know, maybe I just wasn't fully bought into the idea that this was going to be the thing that made us successful, you know. Right. Um, but it, it kind of came down to like um, COVID hitting. And saying it's like, okay, if if I'm going to do anything and I want to do it right, it's going to come down to me building these teams and building these things the way that I want to do. Because I was, uh, you know, I was the head coach of a CrossFit gym leading in the COVID, um, had some it, it and it wasn't even anything major. It was just kind of like COVID hit. Things were static for too long. And I was given the opportunity to go start another another fitness business. Like I pulled into this this partnership, um, and I got to create my my Scored Sixty business. And it's like, okay, I can do fitness kind of the way that I want. And then I um, I got in with my partner Austin Martin, and he had his vision of what this needed to be, and I had my vision of kind of like what worked in the in the CrossFit realm the the functional fitness realm and uh we made this this mesh idea that was kind of like this i guess the best way that we can explain it now is kind of like a high intensity bodybuilding right is what we came up with and but it was it was great because we got to come up with something that nobody else was doing we got to make the format we got to do all the programming we got to do everything and that that gave me kind of like a high because we were we were creating this thing and we didn't know if it would work and we're almost at our two-year mark for that now and we've had some of the most like incredible transformations that i've seen from a fitness space from something like where we don't really get into like nutrition we don't really get into like uh you know mental factors that might keep people from succeeding we just kind of got in and we created a like a fitness class that works and like okay whenever we started that that was kind of like the catalyst for saying it's like okay well what else can we do so like uh six months ago i had been in the fitness space for almost a decade at the time and so i'm like okay um i want some i want to get out of doing personal training so i created an online uh remote like personal training and nutrition business. And so it's like, okay, this, I'm going to do everything from my computer. I'm going to keep it remote. I can deal with people like across the country. I can do with whatever. And it, it, it's the strangest thing because like, even though I had been a coach and I had dealt with like hundreds of people at the time, like that's whenever it was like, okay, the fuse was lit and people know that I'm doing this now. And you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to cap off whenever I get 20 people to make sure that I can, you know, I can sustain this. And I had 20, Man, I had 20 people sign up in the first week and I'm like, oh <laughs> shit. Okay. <laughs> we need a, uh, yeah, he always like thinks about numbers like that. He's like, all right, I need uh, this many people for this. Like he, he thinks ahead, man. Like, uh, I look up to him like that. Yeah. It's tight. Yeah. Cause it was one of those things. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to just see kind of what happens and we're just going to, we're going to ride very business with business savvy. Yeah, and just like those twenty people, he didn't yeah. want to get overwhelmed. Like, yeah, and then yeah. It was like Ooh. that. That's the other side of it. Like, I think uh, I think business savvy involves like not overextending yourself, and 
we, we have a habit of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm still doing that a lot. Um, <laughs> like to this day. And and before the meals, it was like customers, like clients, dude. So it's like if he's training that many, you know, like what's the most you trained in one day? Most people. Uh, I mean, mostly we did like classes. Like so like, I would, like I think like on the on the high end, I would have seven classes in a day whenever I was doing like a full training schedule. And that'd have uh, that was all CrossFit. Yeah, and yeah. I'd have like six personal training clients, but they were in like small groups too. So it'd be like uh, two to three people in like uh, another like two or three hours of small group training. Um, so it'd be like you know like a ten hour work day of just training people. And this there's this piece that people don't tell you about, like especially like if you're training a group fitness style class throughout the day, you're teaching the same thing all day long. Right. It is a test of your mental fortitude to be able to say the same thing for seven hours a day and still be able to like be right in the head at the end of the day. Uh, I think I'm, I think I might be a little bit off, a little bit off. That's, that's kind of how it is. That's kind of how it is with cutting hair. Like by the time you get to like your 10th or 12th customer, you're like, well, how's your week going? I'm like, fuck, I don't want to tell you. Fuck. Right. I got to get to the next but, but you know what? You got to just be like this. It was good. How was yours? That's it, yeah. man. Like for, for coaching, I, and like, so it, it's strange because, uh, my personality is I am a, I'm a closer, not an opener. So I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible with like starting a conversation with anybody, but like, once you get me going or you ask me a question or something like that, I'm good to go. So like, I'd be showing up at five o'clock in the morning and it'd be people not like, not wanting to be there and not talking. And I'm just like, Oh shit! I'm gonna die. I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> um, you and, like like just wouldn't talk to anybody. Yeah, and like for a little while, the only way I could get through that was kind of coming up with like a scheme. It's like, okay, I'm gonna ask these three questions, and if this doesn't get it, then we're just working out today, and that was gonna be it. But it would always it would always work. It always kind of get people. Dude, people love you, bro. Jason I, thinks you're funny I, as fuck. I still don't know why. I, I can't believe that. But you I think that's even Bobo said that. That's Bobo like the said fear, he, though, like because you fear yeah. like shit is gonna go wrong, but then all of a sudden you just gotta do it. Like you just do it. Like, oh yeah, man. Just, I I am like naturally a shy person, which is strange. Whenever people meet me, it's like you're you're shy. It's like yeah, because yeah, yeah. we all like. And that's another thing people don't talk about. It's like we all have this fear of like rejection. It's like yeah. deep ingrained in our body, but, and it's. You know, it's gotten to a point now where it's like, okay, if they reject me, then we're just going to go with another one. And we're just going to bombard them with personality until they either like me or they, they, they leave. And then I don't right. have to deal with them. And it's fine. Right. <laughs> you know? um, but you just ain't giving up. Aren't right. you? No, it's, 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 like it's, I can't it's, a, re I it's a relentless pursuit. Like, especially if it's your business and you're dealing with fitness and like right. these people are going to be there regardless. Like they're paying to be there. They're right. not just paying to get healthy. They're paying to have somebody to talk to and they're paying to have somebody who is going to relate with them on some level and make them feel good for something more than just physical. Like they want to leave with like all of the endorphins and that is the communication piece too. And yes. that's hard for somebody who is for all intents and purposes, an introvert. I was like, literally going to say that introvert. Yeah. And so it's like, I have uh, I have extroverted tendencies, but like I am an introvert. Like I like to keep to myself uh, I, I told you last time we had a cut. It's like I I talk to you a very different way than I talk to like the masses. And it's like I know I was like I didn't know David was funny. <laughs> I was like fuck. Well, like like because he's funny in the chair, but I was like Jason was like making it seem like you was a comedian. I was like bro, what? I said he is pretty witty. I was like yeah, yeah, man, funny, funny's. <laughs> 
it's it's crazy though. Funny is the mask. Me and you were always like talking like serious, like business and like like we're trying to. I feel like I learn shit from you, and hopefully you learn shit from me. And I feel like it's those conversations. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. No, that's that's exactly what it is. Like I'm we're like, picking each other's brain. Like, hey, bro, how you doing this? Oh, dude, I started doing uh, I started doing it this way with my taxes, or like like we were always like picking each other. Like that's what I felt, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, funny is the mask, man. Funny is <laughs> the thing that like gets me through day to day, and it's the piece that like it's the piece that people want whenever they're paying for a service like and it's not it's not me being fake it's just me having to be like on like mm-hmm. whenever i walk in and it's five o'clock in the morning or it's four forty-five in the morning and i know there are people coming on like i have to flip a switch in the morning it's like okay we have to be up and then as soon as stuff's done i'm like i'm not talking to anybody i'm done <laughs> it's like i don't want to talk to anybody like i'm drained like whenever i get home at the end of the day especially like right now i'm training I'm back to training uh, or I'm teaching classes for like seven hours a day. Right. And I like, was just going to say tonight, like right now, I was like, fuck, oh, my bad's late. Yeah. By uh, <laughs> by the time I'm done at the end of the day, like the, the the social battery is completely drained. Like we've already thrown in another two batteries. Damn. And it's just like, but, you know, you make it work, especially like now I own a gym. Right. I own a fitness business. I own this online business. And like I have to communicate with people all day long like, like my phone that's, my the, phone, that's my, the business yeah my phone is my phone is glued to me you know be careful what you wish for people yeah no shit but no um, so like if you, you were like truly introverted you would be more drained like all oh, the time oh god yeah like, yeah, I, like I i'm learning a, that I one of our one of our friends point. is a introvert and it's like she definitely has that uh ability to like bail on you several times because i think it's just like she's not charged up mm-hmm. you know like she'll give you like a whole day and like you'll be like wow this is cool and the next time you won't see her for a while and i'm like so i guess but I'm like that too. But I guess I have that half and half like you. Mm-hmm. I feel like we got like a the sim, same personality. Yeah, I think they call it an introverted extrovert or yeah. extroverted. I'm actually, one of, one I'm of the, a, yeah, I'm actually trying to get a psych evaluation soon because I just want to make sure I'm not bipolar. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my therapist said I'm not, but that's fine, man. ADHD, Your brain just man. works too fast. Well, I, mean, I wouldn't think so. you bipolar. Well, I think it comes from like the depression, like he was saying. So you mm-hmm. like you can you know you're not cured of depression. It like comes and goes. Yeah, you know, and when you're like super depressed, where you're like suicidal, that's when you're like. Deep. But like, I think are you the type like that's depressed, but nobody knows. Oh yeah, that's what happens to me. Yes. Yeah, that's why I ended up. You know. But it's like, like what nobody he was even saying, like he to has go. to be on. It's like that. Uh, like, cause I say this, I could be thinking buku shit in my head, like just depressed. But when I see you, you see a smile. Just hey man, mm-hmm. how you doing? It's like you know, even like oh yeah, these. you put on a show. Oh yeah, yeah, you wouldn't know it. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody knew what I was doing until like I left, and I mean that was going on for like two years, dude. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing. It's like that goes back to the whole like being able to have that conversation with like anybody. Like shit, if you got to go speak into the ether or the internet just to find some release, like that that's important. Man. Oh yeah, man. Mm-hmm. And it's like that that will like reset you for the day, the week month whatever you need sometimes and that'll that'll be the thing that gets you going you know um talking about like like letting it out talking to people yeah that's what that's what i love about going to meetings man like it's it it really is like taking your medicine that's what they call it in the program because like you don't have there are no medicines for like how you feel usually so it's all in your head you have to learn your character defects you have to learn all your flaws like your triggers and when you start like learning those things you can kind of start you know Okay, I know I got a problem with like talking to people, so I got to start talking to people. Right. Like you start learning those. Are flaws. you in a relationship? Huh? Not to cut you yeah. off, Eric. You in a relationship? Yeah, yeah. For how long? Uh, it's going on seven years in April. Yeah, his girlfriend Kelsey. She's yeah. the one that does all the um. So all the, all the digital. Yeah. 
Yeah, but like it's even you know, so you live with somebody and you can you can share pretty much anything, and that's like you know that's your best friend, and there's there's a lot involved in it. But sometimes you feel like you know you're a broken record, or you're saying the same thing over and over again, or you're you know you're having the same conversation, and it doesn't have the same impact or something like that. Right. So it it becomes uh, I don't want to say it's not enough, but like you still need that outlet somewhere too because it's uh, it's, it's it's a real hard hard thing to explain it's like it's it's nice to have the one person but it's also nice to be able to just say it's like okay there's this pool of people that kind of relate with you and so you get dude i feel get more saying. comfortable talking to more what? people it's like i think you know sitting down tonight i had no clue whatever what i'd be talking about like i was just gonna let it come i didn't out. either and as let soon as <laughs> As soon as I sat down, I'm like, I want to, I want to talk about that because that's important and I don't talk to enough people about it, you know? And now it's like, now I've gotten to a point in my life where like I can manage like the depression and I can manage like the anxieties and stuff like that. But I think it's important for people to kind of get a peek behind the mask and say, it's like, okay, this dude's, this dude's winning in life, but fuck, he's still a little messed up too. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, like, dude, yeah. You know, hundred percent. But if you can go through all that and you can still be successful, it's like okay, well, there's there's a chance for me to be able to do the same thing. That's and it's like that's that's kind of what I would have needed growing up. You know, it's like we come from an age where social media wasn't as relevant of a thing, and you don't get to see like even if it's the media portrayal of it, or you don't get to see like. You know, the Jordan Peterson's telling you it's like there's a way of being tough right. without being like, you know, without being too tough. tough too it's tough. Like, like, you know, you can like I needed something like that. So I wanted a chance to be able to say it's like, OK, it's like if if there is, you know, that one person that does look up to me or look at me in a certain light is like, hey, look, I'm going through the same shit as you. Right. And it's like, and this is this is a daily battle. This isn't like a fleeting moments or anything like that. This is this is something that is going to be with me for the rest of my life. And this is how I manage it. Yeah, we we've talked about this before. <clears throat> Excuse me, we talked about this before in the chair. But yeah, man, you uh, saying the other part tonight? I, I thought I was alone, bro. I ain't gonna lie, because you know most people are, are addicted to uh, opioids, heroin, but like. I've never met like another compulsive gambler that besides like me being in a program, like, like an actual friend. So right. I feel you, bro. Yeah, it's real, man. It's, people, a, it's a real thing, bro. People, people are ashamed to talk about addiction, addiction and, you know, because yeah. it, it's like the, that, you know, you're addicted to working out. I'm addicted to working out. You're mm-hmm. addicted to work. I'm addicted to work, but gambling like destroyed us. Right. And yeah, like like it, I said, it took my whole career in nine months. But Nine like, months. and if you look at it too, it's like, so like the, the gambling is viewed as something negative. It's like, okay, so what if you are a, a bodybuilder by profession, right? And bodybuilding is your work. And so now you're addicted to fitness and you're addicted to work, but it's pulling you away from your family and it's pulling you away from your friends. And you're so focused on this that you're not having a social life. Is it then healthy? Is it then positive? Is and, it then, and it's killing you internally. And it's killing you internally, depending on like how far you're taking well, it. You know? Well, I think there's many successful gamblers. It's just that you couldn't gamble and like I couldn't gamble. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's a lot of like very successful, you know, people that like I've seen people go to casino, win 10 grand and leave and then they do it again the next day. Mm-hmm. But it's like I was trying to do the same thing because I was like, all right, if I do, if you know, if I win a thousand a day seven days a week times like my haircut and salary, you know, I'm going to be fucking, I'm going to be a beast. I'm going to open up a salon. So, um, I just, I couldn't do it. 
Because mm-hmm. it's like you'd win the money and it just wasn't enough. So, I mean, so you're saying like you were gambling to do something positive? Yeah, because I was. I felt like I so always was needed like, money. Oh, I felt like I, I never made enough money. And mm-hmm. um, but then the problem was I was gambling so much that I was like just losing it. And with the cocaine, you know, so they both go hand in hand. So and is that then, like a? It's like that's. It's like that. Like you thinking about like oh, like oh, okay, Eric starting this podcast. Um, how I want to say it. Like, it's right there. But <laughs> yeah, it's man. right there. It's right there. But like, Good I mean, pressure. gambling. Like, it's okay, I'm gonna take the gambling money and do this. Is that like saying, oh, this is the easy way out? But knowing the well, hard way out, like the well, podcast, well, is well, like no, you no, know, you're gonna have to grind and right. get to that level. But okay, I can gamble, and this is gonna get me the quick, fast, so I can hurry up and jumpstart. Well, I was like, also what I want to do. Well, I was also like selling drugs too, and um, because I never felt like I made enough money, so I had a full time career with my salon, and uh, I was running that for almost eight years. One, I'm sorry, seven years, and then um, when I got addicted to the other stuff, I just started selling it mm. because I was like, all right, I, you know, I'm doing you know cocaine every day. I said it's an expensive habit, so I started selling it that way. I could like you know do it for free. Support and, your uh, and support my habit, make some money. And then um, when the depression got worse, that's when I ended up getting addicted to gambling. And, uh, you know, I was like, dude, it just, it literally took my whole life in nine months. The, I did the cocaine for almost two years, but the gambling took it in nine months. But never being your, like, your focus, like, it was always to push well, to originally do better was, I, I was like, uh, me and my ex-fiance split up, so um, I was on my own. So I was like, okay, you know, I was paying for a wedding. I had just bought this ring cash. Mm. Um, I mean, I saved up like a year to get it. Like I just, I had all my ducks in a row. Like I was, I, I always did everything a hundred percent. Like, uh, and you know, like when I met David, you know, like I finally, I was like, dude, I fucking met somebody that's like me, you know, cause it's hard to find people like us, dude. Yeah. It's hard to find somebody that's on that level. I mean, when I met David, I was still bodybuilding. I was like getting out of that, you know, bodybuilding seven days a week you know, running a salon, you know, trying to go out party cause I'm a party animal. So like, I was just like living all those different hats and, uh, I did it seven days a week, you know? And, uh, once the, the breakup happened, I was just trying to get my life together, man. And I was like, well, shit, you know, I don't have anybody holding me back. I'm just going to try to make money all the time and work out all the time. But you know, I just, I got addicted to the drugs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was depressed. So yeah. For, but for that reason, though, for yeah, yeah, the Well, I felt like, you know, like David was saying earlier, like, I felt like a failure, bro. Like, I just felt like I should have been at a certain part of my life because, like him, I see where I'm supposed to go. Like, I'm always thinking ahead, and I just felt like I didn't land there. I just felt like at 30 years old, like, fuck, dude, I was supposed to be married. I was supposed to have kids. I was supposed to have a successful uh, salon, and I just felt like everything just, like, went away. And I was, like, you know, kind of, like, I don't want to do the right thing anymore. I'm sick of trying to be the good person. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I just felt yes. like fuck being I've, a good guy. I've been there too. I've been, yeah, and it's a. I just I said fuck it. I, honestly, I was trying to live like Drake. Like when that song came out, like live like every day is my birthday, and that shit does not work, people. <laughs> fuck no. Fuck it might work no. for Drake, dude, but fuck no. But I feel like that. But like we was talking about earlier, I forgot what it, exactly what it was about. But I feel like you know you go through those things to find your purpose. For you to, you know, want to pursue the other shit. Like, it took for you to, you know, go through that that mind state, suicidal, to be like, whoa, 
you know, and then boom, this happens, and it like, like if y'all get what I'm saying, it oh, like, yeah, definitely. it's like you have to go through those things. I knew, so like I had to go through that, and it puts me there. Well, like David was saying, because um, some people don't come, you know, like you said, had it not to cut you off, but you know, had he not talked to his sister, he don't know what it, what would have happened had well, he go home. You know what I'm cor- saying? So correct. Just well, like, when he said that, it like um, I almost teared up a little bit because like. Uh, like two or three days before I went to rehab, I had just bought a gun. Never owned a gun before. And I was like trying to be like a John Wick. You know, I bought this fucking $500 <laughs> bench made knife and I had like a little pistol on me, you know, because I was like, you know, I just, you know, I was trying to be more into fitness, but I wasn't into fitness because I was always gambling. I got to the point where I wasn't even working out anymore, dude. I was just gambling and working. I would sleep, uh, I'd stay up for three days and like pass out in my car somewhere and then sleep for like eight hours and do it again for three days. Shit, where was I going with this? But I, you, know, you were just talking about, you know, but like I, I was thinking about something else. But like you say, you have a partner. It's like uh, it's hard to stop when you have somebody who, you know, count counts on you. You know what I'm saying? Like for you to be there every day. Yeah, so I didn't have like, that no more. Both of y'all have that fucking like, oh, shit, he needs me. Oh, I need him. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, and oh, yeah. I need him. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it, it gives you that drive well, every day. Well, I definitely, like David said, he was living alone. Like, I definitely, like, don't like to be left alone. And uh, probably, like, you know, from, you know, shit in the past. But the thing is, it's like I wasn't comfortable being alone. Now I am. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was alone, I was like, dude, I got I to gotta get out the house. So I'd go out. I'd go fucking, you know, try to chase girls, whatever. You know, I was single, whatever. You know, I was just, I was, you know, and... uh you was just like looking, I would, I would for, looking for life. I, I, yeah, dude, I, I would go gamble. Of. I would do all kind of crazy shit, bro. I just didn't want to go home. Right. I was living in this badass condo in the Marini with one of my homies, <clears throat> and uh, I would never be there. Just yeah. living in the city, like, finally, like, it was just like, oh, cool. You know, I'm just doing whatever I want to do, making money. And I was like, nope. Yeah, man. Yeah. But. I, I I get it. And it's like so, you know, I spend I spend my days now just surrounded by people. It's like this is, right. this, is this is pretty much all of my all of my businesses right now. And uh But I'm cool with being alone now. Yeah, yeah and, and that that's what that's what yeah. I'm getting to. It's like it, it was a point where like before it was dangerous for me to be alone because correct, I, was correct, le- I was left with my thoughts. I was left yes. with my, my, my demons, if you want to call yes. them that. Right. Um, and now it's like, I find like this solitude and being alone. It's like, I can get, I think you learn from being alone. Yeah. I can get my, I can get my yeah, work yeah. done. I can get like new projects come up, new yep. ideas come up. It's like, I, I'm good in that place because now my brain works different because you know, we, we made it through to the other side to be able to see it's like, okay, this is, this isn't so bad. Does, this, does this, David this quiet. still work for a restaurant or, or a job or is it full time? Uh, no, he's, he's just full time. But, 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 but he bro. can't relax now. You know, like, I know. Like well, now you can't relax. Yeah, he can't relax. No, so dude, it's like you gotta. Once you become you a business, have no choice. That's what I tell people. I said, you know, I said everybody wants to go into business till they start running a business and they realize, oh fuck, I don't have a life. This is my this is my life. Yeah, right. But I mean, you gotta love it. So I hope you love it. If you well, love it, then it doesn't feel like work. I, I don't knew, feel like. I, I mean, I'm working right now, technically from home. I know you love this it. This is fucking. <laughs> I, I only I love one other thing, but like this, and it's cutting hair and working out. That's it. Mm-hmm. In and, conversation. Yeah. Oh yeah. And friends and going out and hanging out with people. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully uh, we could turn it. Hopefully, like watching David build up Chomp Nola, Scorch, and now 
Vanguard Fitness. Vanguard Fitness. Okay. It's uh, I mean, it's fucking huge. It's beautiful. I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen a thousand pictures, and I am gonna go see it because David's coached me before, and um, it just makes me want to push harder for the you know to make this podcast great. Like hopefully next time I have David on, it's in like a real studio. We got like multiple camera angles. We can get the damn microphones working properly. Yeah, we, we could do an camera. iPhone in a parking lot and I'd be happy. <laughs> uh, tell, tell, Definitely. Dude, yeah, dude. I mean, tell us a little bit about the Vanguard because I know that's like your baby. And uh, yeah. just, again, again, Savage Life, this dude, you find ways to like, like you said earlier, you're good at making people like understand what they're good at, right? Or helping. Yeah. Is that how so, you said it? So Vanguard is this like this labor of love that started years ago and so i knew for the longest time like so so let me backtrack a little bit so we have the the scorch 60 class which is a uh class in the zoo health club out in kenner yes right and that is uh it's it's its own entity inside of a bubble inside of another space i watched you build it from ground up inside the gym yeah and it's like it's great it's changed lives we've had we have about uh 60 to 70 members right now and it's awesome it's like a group fitness class inside of a traditional gym it's awesome but it the space isn't mine and so uh my one of my business partners uh tommy dominic is uh has been a coach in like the crossfit space forever and uh he is he has been one of my coaches for the longest time. He is one of the people that I trust with pretty much anything whenever it comes to like movement dynamics, whenever it comes to like personal development and, and clients and members. It like he, he's trusting with your life, basically. He's, <laughs> he's the guy that I go to for anything whenever it comes to fitness, right? And so I approached him with this idea. I, I was given the opportunity to buy into this into this fitness space and uh, acquire this gym. And uh, I said that I wouldn't, I would do it on the contingency that Tommy came in as a partner um, because he was already the head coach of another gym in New Orleans. And it's like, okay, you've been doing this for so long. I want you to come and be able to create your own image in the space. It's like, so it's like, I want you to come in. I want you to be the head coach. I want you to be the programmer. I want you to build out this entire thing, right? And took him a couple weeks and he, uh, he finally gave me the yes. And I'm like, okay, your yes is my yes. We're going in on this project. And then uh, we start and we're getting into it and like all the ideas are evolving. And I, uh, I sit down with my sister for a coffee one day at, uh, at PJ's on uh, Jefferson Highway. And I'm just kind of like going through the rabbit hole of ideas. I was like, okay, this is what this fitness space is going to look like. Cause she was, she was a personal trainer for uh, a long time. I don't want to say the amount of years cause she might get mad at me if I get it wrong. <laughs> right, right, um, right. But like at least, at least like two decades of training. Right. Um, still going to get mad at me. Um, but <laughs> like, decade. and so I'm going through this. She had just um, given up her fitness space as um, like at the onset of COVID just because she was ready to move on, kind of burnt out from it as would be expected like that long into the field. Right. And we're talking and like, I could see this, this like, fire just like in the back of her eyes just kind of like growing and growing and growing and without it even being that discussion like that type of discussion she's like okay i want in i'm like shit you want in i'm like okay cool (laughs) let's let's go and let's figure that out and so you know wrangle her into the business she is uh 
she is a big deal in the in the area that we have the business set up in right now. We're in the in the Elmwood area. Uh, and oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she's that's a fire, big, bro. she's she's got background there. I've got background there, and my buddy Tommy's got background there. And so I was like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna make this super aesthetically pleasing gym with top notch coaches, and we are gonna constantly build on uh, the variety of programming that we have without like overstepping the program. So it's like, okay. Uh, what do we need to do to build the space out? So I get to play interior designer for the first time in my life ever. And we build out the space. It's like, okay, it needs to be, it needs to be like not state of the art, but like, we just want this place. That's going to look like a place that you want to show up to every day. And we're like developing the name and Vanguard comes up and, uh, Vanguard is like a new way of thinking for for a shorthand version of it. It's like, okay, this is what we want. We want to get into so like growing up as you, uh, growing up in the CrossFit space with fitness is like, okay, we got uh inundated with this concept of building community for fitness spaces. It's like so linking up with other gyms, making sure that other businesses are involved, making sure that people are having the ability to like grow up with you and they're able to build their brands and they're able to like feed off of your success. And that is kind of the, the general purpose of this gym. So like we're offering, um, I've been able to bring in a couple of my friends as coaches so that they can kind of build a brand within our brand. Um, we're working on linking up with local gyms to be able to do like cross advertisement with them and, even though people would normally say it's like, okay, that is going to be like, oh, you're going to work with a competitor in the space. It's like, I don't think people understand that. And I, I feel like a people, a lot of people have lost their way whenever it comes to operating a gym, but we're supposed to be here to help people. And we're supposed to be here to make sure that somebody, even if it's just one person a day has a positive experience that is going to put them on the right track to better their lives. Now, even if it's just in this one aspect, this one point of their life, if it's fitness and it gives them another day of living, it's like if we can do that and give somebody the best hour of their day, then we're succeeding because my buddy Tommy is a coach and he is a coach through and through and he is like one of the best human beings that I've ever met. My sister doesn't need the money that we have coming from this because she has done extremely well for herself and her family has done extremely well for themselves and they don't need this. I don't need this because I run other businesses. So we actually get to, we have this opportunity to go in and say, let's make this thing that is actually people focused and stop trying to bullshit people and say, oh, we're in this for your best interest, but I need you to pay this extra charge of da 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 you know, right, right. and it's, it's like, we're a little over a month in operation right now. And it's been outstanding. Like the feedback that we're getting, like on the facility, on the coaching, on just the ambiance of the place has been, it's, it's been kind of surreal. Like we've, uh, we, we did what we set out to do and we're just getting started. And it's, it's, it's this really cool feeling to just be able to say, it's like, okay, we know we don't have to sell out just to, you know, make ends meet on this because we're doing this 
because we actually truly love it. It's like the food prep business is something that I did because it made sense. The fitness business is something that I'm doing because this is where I'm meant to be in life. Long time ago, not that long ago, actually, like a couple months ago. Yeah, uh, long time ago. Yeah, four, four days ago. <laughs> a couple high noons ago. Um, right, right, right. I had a conversation with my sister. And I'm like, look, I just don't know that I have any special talents. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm anybody special. I don't think that, you know, I was born with any of these innate gifts. All I know is that I have the ability to take people and show them that they have something that they can be something more than they thought. And she's like, Oh, so you mean that the skill that you were born with in life is being a coach? I'm like, fuck that has a name. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, and you don't, you don't think about it that way. It's like, you just, you know, this is something that you have just done for so long now that it's just kind of a part of me. But to think of it as this skill that's been developed and that is how each of my businesses has grown is like taking the people around me and helping them not being the sole reason, but helping them become like the person that they're meant to be and giving them the tools to be able to do these things has been it's like it's, it's there. There's no other feeling than, you know, actually helping your friends win, you know? And that's the goal. Like that is the goal in life now and moving forward is just to be able to sit down and help my friend grow his business and meet new people and see how I can be a part of whatever it takes to help catapult them forward. And again, it's like, I don't know how else to stress this. It's like, I am nobody of importance, but I think that I have the ability to do something for anybody that I cross paths with. You know, and it's like, and that is, I, mean, you I, did it for I Jason. Huh? You did it for Jason. I mean, dude, like, you know, you give people that like uh pep in their step. Look, man, Jason, Jason did it for himself. Jason, Jason is out and he just needed somebody to believe in him the way that he needed to believe in himself. And that's how I feel about every single client. It's like, like when I sit down with clients, man, I tell them, it's like, I really hope you don't need me in a year. Right. It's right. like, yeah, I, I hope you just want to be here if you're staying with me. But like, in, like, I hope you don't need me in a year, man. It's like, I don't, I don't, I don't care to be making the money. Like I, I set prices and like, I'm, I'm not like an inexpensive trainer or something like that, but I set prices so that people have a, a tether. It's like, okay, I can make this commitment because I know that this cost me this much. Right. And eventually that is no longer a factor. It's like, okay. I have learned all of this. I have gained this knowledge and I can, I have the belief that I can go and do this myself. That's my goal. That should be the goal of every single trainer that like you sit down with. If, if you go, if your trainer is like, all right, well, we got this like three year plan for da da da. It's like, they're milking you for money. Get the fuck out and go find somebody else. Right. You, you right. get to know people while doing this. huh? Yeah. It's oh, like, oh, I mean, yeah, dude, and, like and, on all kind of different levels, like and, and helping and people know themselves too. It's like you find, like you find people come out of their shells. You find people that see sides of themselves that they have never seen before. But that's that authentic authenticity of you like just after you get to know them it's like damn like i really want to help this person like you know Absolutely. what i'm saying oh yeah, man and <laughs> there's it, no other feeling it's, like it's it's the coolest feeling in the yes. world because like you see people evolve and adapt and become 
not new people, but you see them become the person that they've been wanting to be, be the entire time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's also like, so there's this other side of coaching that you don't hear a lot. And it's about getting people to tether their expectations a little bit too. And so like you'll hear it as like, I'm not the person that's going to go up and gas you up and say, it's like, Hey, you're going to be playing for the NFL next right, year. You right, know? Right. Um, but I am going to say, it's like, Hey, look, we're going to work as hard as any one of those players. And we're just going to see like where Let your potential go. is going to take you. And then whatever comes of that is what we're going to be. But at the end of the day, it's like, you are going to be that version of yourself that you wanted to see no matter what, even though the vision might change. Right. It's like, and that's, that's what it's all about, man. It's like, I don't making money is cool. Making people better is cooler. You know, that shit, Definitely. that, that, that shit is fun. Like I am, I am the most engaged whenever I am dealing with a client that is just like, all right, man, I know yesterday I was kind of complaining today. I'm in today. We're setting a new goal today. Like I am chasing that next version of myself. It's like fucking bet. Let's go. That's your, uh, that's like your, that's like your new addiction. Like that's what your addiction yeah. is. That is 100% my addiction is helping people see sides of themselves that they never knew was possible. Yeah. Like you get the high from that. That's the At, best high. You, you better. Like the, the endorph- the endorphins. <laughs> it's like while they're fucking like busting their ass and their endorphins are pumping. It's like your endorphins are pumping. Yeah. It's right. uh, yeah, dude. So it's a sick twisted thing. It's like, I have to explain it to clients all the time. They're like, they ask me, it's like, okay, I'm dying over here. Why are you smiling? And I, you know, I play it off and I'm like, oh, you know, I just enjoy watching you on pain. Da, da, da. It's like, I am my most sincere version of happy whenever I see people giving it their absolute all. Right. Like complaints, no complaints, whatever version of it is. If I see you going out and you are just hustling your face off and just giving every last energy, like bit of energy that you have, I'm in like you, you have me sold on you mm-hmm. and I am going to be there for you until like you're wanting to give up on yourself and I ain't letting that happen. They, they earned uh, your You show me that one time and I am in like, I'm on your team until like you're fucking dead. Right. They earned your respect. That's it. That's, awesome. That's it. That's tight, dude. Cause I don't take it easy on anybody, man. No, and dude, I, I love I, it. <laughs> hey dude, he's, he, he ain't playing, bro. <laughs> he ain't playing. And then, like sometimes when he would be like, I want you to show me how you work out. And I'm just like, Oh shit, this dude wants me to like train him. I was like, fuck. Then I'd be like, show me some of that shit you make your cus- uh, clients do. Those fucking walking lunges, bro. But I feel like that's what we need. Like, oh, dude, you know I needed it. I needed it. Like not only if for I was the more gym, into CrossFit, for oh, yeah. other shit too. It's like, yo, get the fuck up. Yo, you need to. Well, yeah. know, one more, one more. You know, do this again, Eric. Do this again. Like, like, like I met Dave, I met David. Like, uh, I had did CrossFit for nine months at like another gym, and so right when I met David was when I was kind of giving it up because I had this impingement, this injury. So I just, I just stuck with bodybuilding because I was doing both, dude. I was CrossFit at five a.m., six a.m bodybuilding that night and uh so when i met david i was like in my really hardcore bodybuilding and i told him i was like oh yeah dude i got tenacious and do all that shit i mean i do love crossfit it's just i don't know my body type just wasn't you know because i want the aesthetic right now i'm just trying to figure out how to like stay aesthetic while doing what he does i'm trying to figure that out yeah man but that's that's dope like you said like i said you need somebody behind you like even with the gym it's like oh shit, oh, yeah bro like you don't even like how you say you be smiling but it's like you did more than what the fuck you did yesterday you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. <laughs> you give me 10 more push-ups than yesterday yeah, dude right so um so d uh about ready to wrap this up uh yeah whenever you're ready how you feeling 
I'll, how y'all feeling? I, I could talk for hours. I oh, could talk yeah. for That's a couple more is. seconds. <laughs> we, we, dude, we were talking about that earlier. I know uh, I started this off by saying I'm not good at talking about myself, dude, but man, y'all got me, y'all got me rolling a little yeah, bit. He's, all like, the time. he's like, I really don't say much, but uh, three hours later, but you know what? <laughs> I hope I, I hope I said a lot, a little bit. Okay, right. right. We be texting and be like, man, I gotta go to sleep, and then another text message <laughs> hey, come through. Well, me and Rayshawn be like writing uh, poetry to each other, <laughs> like like paragraphs. Yeah. And uh, but that's because like he's inspiring me and motivating me, and hopefully and vice versa, as, yeah, man, dude, and, and like because he's like giving me those pep talks that you were talking about, with, like your your coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I feel like we've come together like ever since I started this. And like I reached out to him first, and right when he reached back out to me, it was just like, man, it's the same old Rayshawn. He's like never changed since we were like seven, and it's like mm-hmm. those are the people like like your gym, like you're trying to surround yourself with the, the like minded people. Absolutely, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's, man. And even uh, like I was just thinking, like just you don't even have to uh, like say what you're doing, but just what you're doing is just enough for people, you know, just to be like, God damn, like you know what I'm saying? This motherfucker believes in me, so I'm gonna give him ten more. Yeah, and um, I, and I mean, dude, like you're like. You know, I don't know if people notice, but like David wasn't always like fucking jacked. I mean, no. right, right, D. Yeah, so he covered up right now. Coming out of, <laughs> yeah, coming out of, let's see, coming out of high school, I was like 132 pounds going into college. Uh, went to basic training. I was like 145, Dude. thinking I was like just hot shit at 145, and then uh, I, I wrestled know, I, at 145 in 12th grade. Yeah, I uh. <laughs> Put on, yeah, that was 11 grade, my bad. Put on a bunch of weight, man. Put on a bunch of weight. Like whenever, uh, whenever I was deployed to Iraq, I got into like the the low 200s, like 220. I'm I'm five eight. Yeah, so I was about to say, dude, we're the same height. You're fucking jacked yeah. right now. What uh, you weigh right now? The whole like 215. 15. Um, yeah. Who? Yeah, this is like the but most. like but like thick, like three C's thick. Like like right we now. talking like like shredded thick or no? Ah, a little bit no, of body like fat. like chunky peanut butter thick. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you cut down in like three weeks. Nah, uh, so I'm, I'm getting old, man. Diets. I'm getting old. How old are you old. now? Uh, turn thirty five in July. Oh, Rayshawn, <laughs> dude, he'll go on like his cuts and like his cuts are like three thousand calories. I don't know what he eats on like a regular day, but like, like bro, three thousand calories. Me and Brandon eat that. You know what I'm saying? Like together. <laughs> so like that's his cut. And uh, yeah, dude, he's just very, very. Uh, Were you gen- like? Are you genetically fit? Like no, no. no my family's happy, man. Uh, my sister, my sister's super fit, but it's like it's training fit. Sure. Like we didn't. Nothing was given to us. Like we're not. My sister's like five two, five one, something like that, and she's an athlete. But like a yeah, she's, she's built ripped. athlete. She's like she she created herself. And everything I've done for myself is like I am not athletically inclined. I didn't do anything in high school except for like skateboard. Uh, in college, I did like some intramural stuff, but like I've never been an athlete like I didn't play for teams I didn't do any of that I just right, kind of right. and then you became like one of the baddest athlete coaches that I've ever met I mean I'm, I'm an all right person I mean like when he was like yeah I'm gonna try to snatch 225 I said bro what like I could squat that I can't I can't even pull it off the floor you know what I mean but right. like he just he's well, different uh different level you know, man. like what inspired you to be fit like both of y'all my, my sister honestly is what inspired me to be fit like there was a time um, back when I was still uh, Elmwood Fitness Center. Like I would come and visit from Homa, and she would take me over there, and we'd go work out and it'd be fine. And then she would take me up to 
the track upstairs and we'd run a couple laps. And then next thing I know, I'm at like on the side of the track, like lightheaded and almost wheezing. And she'd have to go get me like an orange juice to get my blood sugar back. So funny story too, is I thought at that age, this was like maybe like 16, 17. I thought that orange juice was like the elixir of life. This is before I knew anything about like blood sugar levels or anything <laughs> like that. Cause for some reason after we would go running, my blood sugar would drop. And orange juice was the only thing that would bring me back. And I'm like, man, this is, this is the stuff. Like I'm going to make something about, I'm going to make a company around orange juice in the future. <laughs> and yeah, so I, uh, the, the, the magic, the magic formula was, uh, destroyed for me as I grew up. But, right. um, so she was just kind of like consistent with it. She wasn't, she wasn't pushy. This was just kind of like the thing that she did to like, we we have interesting interesting childhoods and uh, fitness was like her way of of dealing with that is this and, the same sister you had to talk with mm-hmm. and uh so it's like so fitness kind of just became my way of dealing with like the life that uh that was that was at the time i thought was handed to me you know it's like okay this is just this is just who i'm meant to be this is just kind of how things are going to go but i i got i got fitness that i can lean on and uh, it, it, it took over. Fitness was my, my first addiction, you know, before I knew that I was going to be addicted to anything else. And I, you know, I regret not a single thing about it. Like it is, it has been, uh, it has been the best part of my life for a, a multitude of reasons. You when, know? You, when you realized that was your addiction, like your first addiction. When did I? Um... If you remember. So I think that I was like, whenever I was just training before I became a coach, I, I didn't really know. And then whenever I was coaching, I didn't, I didn't really know when like it came down to like one of my, my biggest wins. And there's this guy named Bobby who came into the gym one day and he's like, man, I was in this horrific car accident and I don't have any feeling from it's basically like right above the knee all the way down like to the tips of his feet he's like I don't have any feeling there and he's like I just want to be able to live a healthy life uh you know I have a wife uh I think this was even before he had his kids he's like you know I want to have kids one day and I want to just I want to be able to be there for them I'm like okay cool um so we worked for a while and I remember saying one day, he's like, Bobby, I think I'm going to teach you how to squat. And he's like, that doesn't make any sense. I was like, I can't feel, the, I literally can't feel the ground. And I'm like, no, 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 we're, we're, we're going to teach you how to squat. And we, uh, we got kind of creative and I made some apparatus for him. And I remember that there was a day where like, after a few months of training, we got Bobby to put like 135 on the bar and, and squat it. He was assisted by, so we essentially take took a like a freestanding squat rack and we put him up against a wall and he would use the wall for kind of like a support for helping him on the way down and help him on the way up and like the the look in his face whenever he did it like that that was the moment I knew it's like okay this is this is that jag that dragon that I'm going to chase just for the rest of my life you know it's like we did we did this thing that this person thought was absolutely impossible and he knocked it out of the park. I didn't do it for him. I didn't assist him. He knocked it out of the park. This was his win. And I just got to bear witness to it. What, your proposal? 
Well, in the yeah. tools, you gave him the tools. Yeah, he told him we got, we're going to make you squat. Just like in a program, they can that's, they can give you the tools and they teach you how to use them. But if you don't use them, you know, it's on you. That's fucking awesome because who would anybody else have made him squat? I, I, I look, man, I don't. There, there are people out there that can make it happen, but it was that was my win you know yeah, that you was made, that was that that was that yeah, piece that was that piece that i'm just i'm i'm never going to forget and it was, it was that anchor that i'm going to have for uh for as long as i live and that that shit's cool and I, I you know i've got a ton of wins as a coach but that's the that's that's, the, that, that's that one it's like that's that's that holy shit moment it's like yes. oh I, I i might actually know what i'm doing yes. <laughs> and he had that same yeah holy yeah. shit moment when he oh, yeah. he did that squat mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's fucking amazing, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's clutch, dude. That's uh. So how can uh, how can people find you? Um, tell us about like everything that you have going on, like like uh each uh business. <laughs> uh shit. Um, this guy over right, here, dude. He's like Jay Z. So He's got eight, eight businesses. My personal Instagram is uh, tryharder365, T R I, because I used to do tri, uh, triathlon races. Ooh. Uh, yeah, don't do that no more. Uh-huh. Um, my, uh, my food business is Chomp Nola, Chomp underscore Nola on Instagram. Uh, my, I love the logo, by the way, dude. Yeah, the fitness business out in Kenner is uh, at Scorch60. Um, the online nutrition business is uh, at Raya Training Systems, and then um, he's not done, people. The new gym <laughs> is uh, at Vanguard underscore Fitness underscore Elmwood uh, on Instagram as well, and then uh, we got websites for a couple of them that you can find too. Right, like in the uh, I know you were telling me about the online business uh, coaching business. Is that still going pretty good right now, or is it? Yeah, that's going good, man. Um, it's it's been consistent. It's it's one of those things that I honestly don't even really advertise much. I don't talk about much. I want I want people to be able to come to me. And the only reason I put a I put like a label and a logo to it is just to to give it life. So that people know that it's okay to come up and say, it's like, hey, I'm interested in these these services that you provide outside of the gym, you know? Right, right, right. It's like, because I, I, I do believe that, you know, some people need... They need to go a little they further. Need, they need something standardized for them. They need something that is that is going to help them evolve specifically that is not going to be in a group fitness setting. Right. It's like, if you have, if you have specific goals, you need specific metrics and you need specific training and that's the whole reason that's there amen dude um i do i do some in-person training still but like that's that's minimal because my time is also minimal but right i mean it's just that's like, involved in it, it too it's just like when you were coming train with me i was like showing you bodybuilding because you had like muscles you wanted to develop and and, uh, and i was like man this dude doesn't need to fucking like he he's he's already a beast like why do you want to come work out with me we like oh i want to build up this and that so uh there's all levels of fitness, which right, is cool. Like, you know, like if I if too. I if I wanted to get back into CrossFit, I'm gonna go to David right. straight up. Well, we, don't, like, we don't we don't do CrossFit, but it's, cr- it's, well, it's well, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. How, what, what, for people that don't know, what is it like technically? Van, how do you describe it? Uh, short answer is it's a uh, the it's type still of training. A, it's still because everybody you know thinks CrossFit everything, right? No, it's still a, a, a functional fitness style training, but more of an emphasis on. Uh, on on bodybuilding on uh, muscular development so that we're not just 
like overtaxing the muscles through high ranges of reps and things like that. So right. we do we and do functional training. Yeah, we do more of the uh, like the uh, isolated muscle group development too than you would see in like a normal uh, like CrossFit style gym. Right. So so you incorporate more bodybuilding, and I like that. I, I guess when we were training back in the day, you were kind of like figuring out those ideas, huh? Like you you already had it in your head. Yeah. So look, man, Tommy is an absolute wizard when it comes to programming, and he's uh, he is constantly evolving his style. But like it is it is one of the most complete programs that I've seen outside of like my my score sixty program, and they're Dude. they're just two different types is right. what they are. But like it is it is every bit as complete, and it's uh it's great to watch, and it's great to see how like the members have been receiving it. Are you um gonna put Scorch into Vanguard eventually, or like where do you plan on moving? Are y'all gonna move or stay, or what are y'all doing? We'll see what that looks like. Oh, tight, tight, tight. Mm-hmm. Dude, well um. I really appreciate you coming on tonight, dude, and sharing your story. Uh, are we showing you blown? My mind uh, equals I blown. Love I love it. <laughs> um, I'm motivated. I really appreciate you sharing everything with us. Um, this guy's got like, we're gonna like next time he comes on, he's he's got like more stuff. All right, uh, he's not done. This is just like a, a short script. Uh, how long have we been on B? Nice, nice, almost two hours. So, um. David is going to come back on and uh, share more. And uh, we appreciate you coming on, dude. You got anything else you want to say to people? Because I don't know. Nah, man, I think that's it. It's like I one 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 note, one note. If uh, if you if you listen to this podcast and you like you had some moment that you felt some type of way, like you're in a dark place or you don't feel like you have anybody that you can talk to like reach out to Eric or reach out to me and just say, it's like, Hey man, I need to talk and let's make some shit happen. Like, don't just, don't just sit on that. Don't just feel like you're alone in the world and that you don't have anybody else to reach out to. If you're afraid to talk to somebody who's close, if you're afraid to like, if you're afraid to be vulnerable with somebody that, you know, reach out to us and like talk to a stranger and let's see what that does for you. What's your, um, IG again? Or? It's uh try harder three six five. It's a it's a private account, but like I like just send me a message. Well, I'm gonna find it. In yeah, the, like you could uh no you could also zone. you could like uh message me at um at the hair trainer or um at Eric's ADHD experience on Instagram and uh I'm public, so I check all my stuff. I'm kind of weird. I'm like I'm always like I guess I'm like looking for validity from people i'm like oh i want to be in the, the know so yeah. I'll, I'll see it and then i'll relay it to david and um thank you so much for coming on man oh, i really man. appreciate it this is a great night i appreciate y'all having me and just let them know man no Love no it, judgment we're not here to judge your situation uh nothing you know just we appreciate david coming being transparent you know because yeah, it's hard for men like it, like hey, we said because because me and ray been, tough tough been friends since we were seven since we were little i said hey bro this dude you're about to meet tonight he's like one of us mm-hmm. and he it's just like he was amped up man the wife thank you dolly for uh letting him come out tonight <laughs> she's got the boys and uh appreciate brandon on the, uh on the, the young jamie status and uh Alyssa and my wife and my dog because like we have fans people and uh David has fans Rashawn has fans everybody's got fans so uh thank y'all for supporting us um and uh hopefully y'all enjoyed it so thank y'all